Welcome to Real Faith, the podcast where we explore the intersection between culture, faith and youth work. I'm Stephen and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll look at a different film or series and discuss it in depth, exploring the themes within it and how we can use it with the young people we work with. We'll cover everything from action to horror, comic book movies to comedies. Hello and welcome to season two of the Real Faith podcast. I'm really sorry about the delay in getting a new episode out. It's been a few months. Now, we, we did have a couple of episodes that we had planned, but unfortunately for for different reasons, they fell through. But I'm excited to be back today. And our first film that we're going to be looking at in series two is the new horror film, Smile. And I'm joined this week by Tom Hackett, a returning guest who is a Children and Youth Development Officer for the United Reformed Church. So I'm really excited to be back and chatting with Tom about this film. If you enjoy this episode, I encourage you to leave feedback on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you have got a hold of this podcast. Please do give us a positive review and also please do subscribe and and share the podcast if you can. That really encourages us and, and helps other people find out about what we're doing. We're also on Facebook and Twitter as well. Just search for at Real Faith Pod. But without further ado, let's get into my episode with Tom Hackett. Just to obviously remind you that there will be spoilers throughout this. So if you do not want it to be spoiled, then do go and see it first of all. It's also a, a film that deals with issues around mental health and suicide. And so just to make you aware, if, if that is a, a trigger point for you, the discussion that I have with Tom will cover uh, some of those things. So a little bit of a content warning for you as well. But with that rambling introduction out of the way, let's get into my discussion with Tom. What is it you like to talk about? My patient. I know you're nervous. I just want to have a chat. I'm seeing something no one else can see except for me. It's smiling at me. So I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast again by Tom Hackett. Tom, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Stephen. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. So obviously, last time you were on, you talked about Eternals. A slightly different film that we're going to talk about today is is the new horror film Smile, which I think is pretty much on every bus that that passes me. And in particular in America, they've done a very good marketing campaign at football stadiums and, and, and basketball games where they've actually just got somebody standing in the crowd just smiling. It's kind of as a, a, a viral advert, which I think is pretty cool. Nothing like that's obviously come come over here. So let me give a little bit of a plot rundown. The film opens with psychiatrist Dr. Rose Cotter meeting a recently admitted patient, Laura Weaver, who is a PhD student who witnessed her professor die by suicide. She claims to be the only one to see an entity that pretends to be other people smiling at her. Laura has a panic attack and convulses. As Rose calls for help, Laura smiles at her before cutting her own throat with a shard from a broken vase. 
Following the suicide, Rose witnesses a vulnerable patient called Carl smiling at her and shouting that she is going to die. When she orders for Carl to be restrained, Rose suddenly sees that Carl had been asleep the whole time. Concerned for Rose's mental well-being, her supervisor gives her a week-long break. The supernatural occurrences continue, harming Rose's relationship with her fiancé Trevor and her sister Holly. Rose has a strained relationship with Holly ever since the death of their abusive mother, who overdosed and whose body was discovered by a young Rose. At her nephew's birthday party, Rose's gift is somehow replaced by her dead cat, which had disappeared the night before. Rose encounters a person at the party smiling at her, convincing her that she is now cursed. Discovering that Laura's professor was smiling at her during his death, Rose pays a visit to his widow, Victoria. Rose visits her ex, Joel, a police detective who had responded to Laura's death. The two go through police records, and in multiple cases, someone suffers supernatural hauntings before killing themselves while smiling, before passing the hauntings on to a witness, causing a chain reaction. Joel discovers that none of the cursed victims lasted longer than a week, Rose now being on her fourth day, except Robert, who managed to escape after killing a stranger. The witness of that murder became cursed instead. Rose and Joel visit Robert, imprisoned for murder, under the pretense that a patient of Rose's has been cursed. Robert explains that the only way to break the chain is to kill someone else in front of a witness, and then that curse will be transferred to them. The demon later assumes the form of Rose's therapist and attacks Rose during a therapy session, telling her that it is almost time. Later on, Rose has a vision of murdering Carl at the hospital and then drives to her remote, abandoned former family home as Joe tries to track her down. Planning to deprive the demon of witnesses, Rose holds up in the house where she finds the demon taking the form of her dead mother. It is revealed that Rose actually found her mother shortly before she overdosed and fearfully ignored her mother begging for help. Rose confronts the demon who morphs into a tall, deformed version of Rose's mother. She sets the demon on fire with a lantern, seemingly killing it and ending the curse. Rose drives to Joel's apartment and is comforted by him until she realises the demon is taking his form. As she flees, Rose discovers that she is still at the old house, just as the real Joel arrives. Everything that happened from the moment she entered it previously was a hallucination. Panicking, Rose goes back into the house, locking the door behind her. The demon overpowers Rose and rips off its face, revealing its true form to her. A skinless entity with a long grin, before crawling into her mouth, possessing her. Joel enters the house and discovers Rose smiling and pouring petrol over herself. Joel watches helplessly as a smiling Rose burns herself alive, passing the curse onto him. I, I guess before we get into it, what what did you think of the film? Yeah, I, I thought it was um, a decent film, a decent horror film certainly the audiences that the audience watching it seemed to were were really enjoying it were reacting seemed to be reacting to the to the scares within it the jump scares and it seemed to be going down well with the audiences i think the when i'd seen the the marketing as well is the image of the the smiling face mm. which um, kind of quite a, a creepy smiling face and i think it works well and it has some interesting themes as well 
um, particularly tying into to mental ill health. Mm. Um, and um, so I think, yeah, I enjoyed it as a film. I don't think it was the most original film. No. I think it played on um, things, tropes from other horror films, um, particularly films like uh, The Ring and It Follows, yeah. um, where it had um, similar things. But I thought it was, um, yeah, it was quite a, a decent film. And yeah, it was interesting the first time for a long time being in the cinema where an audience were, were really quite vocal and, and, mm. and responding to it. So, yeah, it seems to be going down well with audiences as well. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Definitely not an original idea. And, and yeah, and I think, yeah, picking up on, on Ring and It Follows, I think, being two key films there. And, yeah, I guess I wondered whether when I saw the, the, the trailer and stuff, whether the villain and the monster was going to be mental health. And and obviously it's it's not. It becomes actually, you know, it is a, a real monster, a real curse. But obviously, as you said, there's a lot of interesting things to talk about uh, regarding mental health. And it, I think I enjoyed two-thirds of it before it got to the monster. Mm. And then I just felt, oh, here we go. We've got a, a tall CG monster now. It kind of lost the... I guess the fear for me that there was definitely was unnerving with a smile. I yes. think that that was when it was at its best. And and for me, the best bit was was one bit that was spoiled in the trailer, which was when the the sister walks up to the car and knocks on it, and then her head kind of comes off and 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 spins round. And yeah. and and I think for me, I, I would have loved it if that hadn't been in the trailer. That would have been a really shocking moment, but. And I knew I was waiting for it to come, and then as she was walking to the car, I was like, "Oh, here comes this bit." And it did. It, it freaked everyone in the audience out. Obviously, if they hadn't seen the trailer, it it really worked. And I was sitting behind a group of, they must only have been eighteen, nineteen year old girls, and and one girl had her hood up for the majority of the film, hiding. So, so it was as you say, it was clearly working for for a lot of people. I guess I'm, I just wanted a little bit more at the end. It just it, it felt like it let it down a little bit for me yeah i think i would agree definitely i think the trailer had quite a few of the um the jump scares i suppose the, the key bits particularly that scene like you said with the sister walking up to the car and the jump scare at the the side of the window so i was expecting that and it mm. did come later into the film as well um so yeah it's a shame that um things were spoiled in the trailer and that does seem to be a, a trend that is happening a lot um but yeah i um thought that it it went down well with the audiences mm. and it was effective um and as you said i when i heard that it was had themes directly it was clear from the trailer that it was going to explore um mental Ill health and in particular um look at suicide as well um i think yeah i found on one hand it was interesting to hear that a horror film was going to address that but i think i did have um some concerns as well not sure how um how it would um mm. how it would explore that and whether it would do that in a in a sensitive way um and avoid using uh, stigmatized um representations 
of mental ill health, which often take place in in the media and in movies as well. Um, and I think it was interesting how it did explore that. Like it did do that in an interesting way, which I, which which I think will open up conversations around mental health. I don't think it was perfect, particularly towards the end. Mm. I thought it was a a shame how how it ended in the final act, where perhaps it then fell into the traditional perceptions of how a film around mental health might might mm. fall. And it's a shame, yeah, I'm ashamed about the way that it led to at the end, I think, maybe possibly because it could have, yeah, done something a bit different and out of the box compared to other films. Mm. But I think it um, did handle the topic in a way that will open up conversations, hopefully, um, for people who, who watch that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And And horror doesn't have a great track record when it comes to depicting any kind of mental ill health or anything around mental health so yeah there's always that that caveat that comes with it and and I, and I guess I was glad that it, it didn't fully end up being about that it didn't mm-hmm. end up that the villain the monster wasn't mental health but as you said some stuff to chat about particularly around mental health and, and I guess that's what we can we can get it stuck into now so you, you said that you found some of the depictions interesting around mental health did you want to to expand a little bit on that um yeah so i think um one of the interesting things was about the language that was used around mental health within the film so um mental health is an issue that has a lot of stigma associated with it and often the language that we use um can really contribute to that stigma and can also perpetuate that stigma and it was interesting how um that film addressed that. So different characters, there was um, stigmatised and negative language used, um, particularly by people in um, authority positions as well. So particularly the two police officers that were in there and um, also by some of her close family. So her her sister and and her partner. Uh, and, and her sister's partner rather would were not always using the most appropriate language mm. or maybe demonstrating those um the stigma but then um the fact that rose the main character was a mental health professional working in a in a mental health a hospital she was using um appropriate language so for example when she talked about suicide she was using language like died by suicide um whereas we would hear the more negative language um like um particularly committed suicide um by um the police officer a few times and i think um yeah that is one real example that is really commonly used and then committed suicide is a hang up from when um when suicide was a criminal act um, and it's also links to to sin as well. So when we so the term um, committed suicide has a implied blame and shame link to it, um, and it's something that um, we're trying to move away from. Mm-hmm. Um, so avoiding that because it has that hang up from from when it was criminalised, which it isn't anymore in the UK. It's not been criminalised since the early nineteen sixties. Um, but it's a term that's still really regularly used 
um, and how that might come across for somebody, an individual who is living with mental ill health, um, how that might um, be perceived by them. So trying to move away from that. And I thought it was interesting that, yeah, she used um, as a mental health professional, um, it was clear the the film was aware of that, that it wasn't using that language um, without being aware of the fact that um, they demonstrated that they were aware of more suitable language as well. And it raised, maybe it was in there to raise that issue. Um, yeah, and there was other language used as well. Yeah, the language that helped them to, which was stigmatizing as well. Um, I think it was interesting again how near the start of the film it was clear that Rose, the main character, had supportive people around her. Her um, fiance was really supportive when she comes home after witnessing um, the traumatic suicide um, of her patient at the start. She goes home and her partner um, responds in quite a positive way, in a supportive way. So he was there saying, um, I'm really sorry, what can I do for you? So it was, again, an example of someone being there to support her um, as well. And when they meet for a meal with her sister um, and her sister's boyfriend, and they are talking quite ne negatively about her work at the hospital, he's again supporting her, saying, oh, this is something that Rose really is important to her and that mm. she wants to work in. So it's interesting that it does show that support around her she seems to have supported colleagues as well. She's got um, her own therapist that she goes and accesses yeah. support or starts accessing support again. So she has those yeah, support structures around her in place. And then it's really interesting to see how when um, as the curse in the horror in the horror film um, starts to um, kick in and follow her how those support structures fall away and how she how those individuals around her respond um to it as well yeah no absolutely i think language and how we use language and 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 being mindful of, of how we talk about subjects like this and, and talk to other people and and i guess particularly as youth workers as well that that responsibility that that we have Mm -hmm. uh, with our our language and ultimately then creating safe spaces particularly for young people who who feel they can then talk about these issues without fear of being stigmatized or or judged is is really important we obviously have at the start when uh, rose meets laura the the phd student uh, who i guess we would still classify as, as a young adult probably 22 23 years old and and Rose is trying to create that that safe space for her and and how she how she talks to her and 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 how important it is then really for us as well and and, and the roles that we have working with 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 young people and, and young adults that young people obviously will be more willing to share and be more open when they see that we are creating spaces where there's not judgment with a we were not going to stigmatize people wherever they are in their the mental health spectrum yeah definitely and i think it's interesting when you said about that safe space in that the the opening scene when um rose is with um laura 
in when when Laura comes in as a patient to the hospital. Um, safe space is a term that that Rose used, saying that this is a safe space. Mm. You're safe here, um, and it was interesting again hearing that language um, being used as well. And of course, it turns out, yeah, in the theme of it being a horror film in terms of it being the the curse that is in the horror film that that actually nowhere is safe for the individual mm. once once they've um once that curse is is following them and again i think that can be an interesting metaphor about yeah we want to create safe spaces but how do we do that in terms of how mm. mental health can uh, mental ill health can um come into all aspects of our life as well um and it's not something that we can um, completely remove and, and take away um, from it. Mental health is something that all of us have. We all have mental health in the same way as we have physical health. Um, and just like our physical health, we can have times of maximum mental health, times of, of, of minimum mental health. Um, and, that, and it's about is something that is is part of us and that can be normal that at certain times and when we're experiencing certain situations that we may go through a period of of mental ill health and how do we have conversations about how to manage that and to develop helpful coping strategies um, in terms of that so we can't necessarily sometimes people want to when we know that young people are experiencing mental ill health the natural thing that we may want to do, particularly as youth workers, as parents, as carers, is jump in and go into um, want to pull the young person out of that and to and to solve the issues. Mm, yeah. And actually, that's not something we can necessarily do. But what we can do is be supportive, um, be alongside the young person, and help and empower them um, to see, um, help empower them to to access professional support um, as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think as well, just creating spaces within our, our youth work where mental health is just talked about and, and, and talking about promoting positive mental health, just as, as, as you say, as we do now with, with physical health, we, we talk a lot more about promoting how to be physically active, what what we eat, all those kinds of things, so that we're not just talking about it when it comes to the negative side. And and I think as, as youth workers, it's so important that we, the first time we talk about mental health shouldn't be when someone has uh, p- poor mental health. It's it's important that we're, we are talking about it at all times. And, and as you say, given young people coping strategies to say, well, yes, there may come a time when when your mental health does dip and here are some things to do when that happens rather than waiting till it happens and then going oh now we need to do something yeah so exploring together what the helpful coping strategies are so we all have coping strategies but some of them may not be helpful coping strategies and again i think there were some examples of that that were shown in the film so rose the character you saw maybe that when she that um drink a few times may have been signified that she would be there there was a couple of scenes where she was drop dropping glasses and they were smashing normally it was when that was with with wine that she's filling up and maybe mm-hmm. showing that sometimes alcohol could be an unhelpful coping strategy if it's um for, for some people um and 
and yeah, what might be the helpful coping strategies um, as well. So yeah, it was we saw sort of that within the film as well. Yeah, and obviously yeah, going into to self harm, particularly around on her nails and her fingers, that 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 coping strategy that she was finding to kind of pick. And there's obviously that horrible scene where she picks too much mm. of her nail and ends up taking a good bit of skin um, off as well. Again, yeah. it's a it's a coping strategy, not a helpful one, but but one that that she is using at, at that point to try and to ultimately to try and cope with with what she's going through. I, th- I think another thing that you said was really interesting how she becomes more and more isolated as the film goes on. That that she does feel that there are no safe spaces, no safe spaces in her home, with her family, uh, with her partner, and even in her own head, she, she doesn't feel safe. And, and how it, it can become a very isolating experience for people. And again, the importance then of, of youth workers, parents, guardians, all those, to, to continually be those safe spaces, to, to be open to be to be happy to chat about it, to to point to support and advice and all those kinds of things, so that someone doesn't feel that they have no place to turn. Which ultimately, that's that's where 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 Rose ends up. She she feels that she has no no one really to turn to and no place to turn to that people will actually accept her anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, yeah, one of the help, one of the supports um, for people can be the the individuals and the connections that are around them. So family, friends, peers, how you can be a helpful support as well, professionals as well that you could signpost. And you see her reaching out for that. So as we said at the start, her fiance is really helpful. As it starts to show that that relationship breaking down, she's reaching out to one of the police officers who um, who it's indicated is, is probably a, that she's had a relationship with in the past, so an ex she's seeking out support from she goes back to her her therapist when it said oh I wasn't expecting you um so she she is reaching out for those supports and possibly connection as well but you see as it goes on she becomes more and more isolated um as well you see that she's really uh sleeping less as well you see how towards the end of the film characters comment on how um how bad she's looking because of how how tired and exhausted she is as well, and you see that kind of physical representation of how um, the anxiety is 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 impacting her as well. You can see it physically in her as well, and it's also represented by the the, the use of of color and tones in the film. So the film gets darker and darker as it goes along. The light really draws away from it within the film as well. Um, until it, you almost don't know. It gets gradually darker and darker. Um, there's a scene towards the end, yeah, when it then comes back, and and you again you see um, when um, when the the entity that has been following her is around. All of the light disappears, and could that be? Sometimes you hear people when they're talking about mental ill health, perhaps depression, when they hear about a sense of of darkness that. Um, as well so mm. it's interesting how light was used um in the film as well yeah no that's a real that's a really good point and another thing i guess to to chat about then is is trauma 
and and the power of trauma because the, the curse ultimately is passed on through trauma it's trauma that feeds it that, that gives it power because obviously for the curse to be passed on someone has to see someone dying by suicide and 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 so that 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 power that's there when we don't then talk about it when we see something and and we experience something and and how the body and the mind takes hold of it and 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 it manifests and, and so I, I just found that a really again a really powerful analogy of of the experiences we face and the effect that those things can have yeah definitely i mean trauma is a real theme you see the main character um kind of unpacking trauma from when she was a younger child um and and towards the end of the film taking a conscious decision so she was saying about um she's not gonna she's not gonna keep on running that she has to face it and that she addresses um those fears and you hear the therapist that she goes to support who's saying that oh um have you considered that this could be about the the, the trauma, the experiences that she had as it, as it was a child. So I think that that is interesting. And I think the very title of the film, Smile, that being, um, I read somewhere where the director was seeing um, the title and the fact that um, those that are, um, that are experiencing the curse, the fact that they have that kind of really fake smile about that being about the masks that people put on to try and hide their trauma. That is often people don't talk about the experiences. Um, so yeah, it's a real metaphor for the masks that we put on. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's a real scene in it earlier on in the film um, where you see um, Rose in front of the mirror putting on makeup as well. So that being a, a mask to, to hide how um, how tired and exhausted she's looking so she's putting it over her eyes to cover it and then she does do the kind of practices a fake smile in front of the mirror to try and show that she um to try and display to others and maybe to herself as well mm. um that she that things are okay whereas you can see as a viewer that she's really yeah that it is having an impact um on her um in, on her mental health so yeah, that was an interesting way where the about being the metaphor for the masks that we put on to hide our traumas as well. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and I guess then as again as as in positions that that we are youth workers, guardians, parents, whatever it might be, to to be looking for those changes in in behaviours to to look at where there might be a mask, and then not just assume that oh they're smiling, so everything must be okay. It's it's about spending time and, and, and watching those young people then and going, are, are they actually fine or are they just presenting something in order, as you say, to, to hide what's really going on underneath? And, and I think as well, to, on the flip side of that, that the, that the curse also wears a mask and it's only at the end that it finally reveals what it, what it truly is underneath. So again, that idea of, of masking trauma masking that the pain and the hurt that that we might actually be experiencing and feeling and and trying to appear that everything is okay and, and the importance f for people in our roles to to be looking out out for that and to be looking at any emotional changes physical uh, 
changes in, in, in people, not just seeing how they present, but, but trying to get a whole, a whole picture of somebody, a holistic picture of somebody eh, to see what they're actually experiencing and dealing with. How long between each victim's death? None of them survived longer than a week. Today is my fourth day. I am not gonna keep running. I have to face it. How does it make you feel? When I was trying to think of obviously the the, the trauma stuff and curse, I think it can be quite dodgy in some way to try and look to the the Bible for for some because obviously the, the Bible talks about. Uh, curses and, and and things being passed on and I'm always wary really whether to to talk about that because I think it can be a very unhelpful uh, illustration particularly when in, in, in verses in Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy where it's God that is actually passing those curses on to the to the next generation because of how how, how people have acted so it's not necessarily something maybe to explore in this discussion but I guess I wanted to say it just for more for people to be wary of 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 using passages like that to try and maybe give platitudes or or to try and bring a theology into it because I, I think that in itself can can sometimes do more more harm and good uh, I, I don't know if you have have an opinion on that Tom um no I think it's just about being being aware about how, um, when we're supporting, how it can be perceived and being led by the individuals as well. So when we look, think about mental health, we think about the uh, things that can be uh, uh, risk factors that put people at more at risk of experiencing mental ill health and mental health issues and things that are protective factors. And it's actually highlighted that religion and faith um, can be a, is it, is a protective factor that somebody having um, having um, their own personal faith in that relationship with God, it can be a protective factor. So we can support that and encourage that when they're thinking about the helpful coping strategies. However, there are experiences where people have shared that actually faith has been a, a risk factor for them um, and that um, it could lead to um, faith-based anxiety and perhaps when they've used, looked at yeah, comparing themselves to particular passages and actually then um, that the imposed blame on themselves as well, where they feel that it, it that they have caused um, mm. the, their, their own mental illness, their own mental ill health, and that it's something that they have done wrong to cause that. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it's important about how that we think carefully um, about how how it will be perceived and be responding to to the individual um, as well. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and and and, and part of it comes back to language because I've I've been in church settings where somebody is experiencing depression, and they're well, you just need to pray harder and pray for God to to heal you from that and 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 cure you from that and. And, and that will be it, or it's it's because or oh, you've sinned, and so this is why you're you're experiencing this. And and I, and I'm not negating the fact that God can can heal and, and and miracles can happen, but 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 again, it's just that that weariness of 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 seeing those kinds of things and and the effect that that might have 
on a young person. We have uh, psychiatrists, we have medicine as well, and, and, and all those things are are needed. Conversation and support is needed, not just simply, we'll just pray and mm-hmm. it, it will go. And and I've I've known people who have been who have been really hurt by by experiences like that that we would say some kind of spiritual abuse on on that level and and making people feel bad that oh, it's your sin that is that is causing you to to feel like this. Yeah, so I think yeah, absolutely, prayer can can have a part in in supporting and 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 it then needs. That doesn't mean that we um, shouldn't encourage the young person to also seek help from professionals. Hmm. And yeah, I believe that the God has given all of us the gifts and talents, so that those people are using um, the professionals that they would access are things that are uh, provided by God, and that it's there to be able to to support as well. So to be using the supports that are out there, and we should be encouraging and enabling our young people to to access um support from professionals to access um yeah and to access that so not um re- not it should be alongside um, the prayer as well mm. yeah no absolutely and even in the film that i felt there was a real absence of of god and faith i don't i can't remember any instances of any mention of of religion and and anyway, and, and horror is one of those genres where often when it comes to real evil and curses and things like that, religion does play play mm. a part often in films. There is a, a normally a, a minister figure or a religious figure that, that is involved, but in but in this there is definitely a complete absence of of God and faith from from what I remember from seeing it. Yeah, I mean, now you point that out, it is something that was really absent. And when, yeah, one, as you said, one of the often a key theme in horror is that, yeah, people um, where faith does become an aspect within that and people. um, And yeah, I didn't see that at all in certainly not in the main character and I didn't see any any references in in other characters either. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, well, it's, it's ultimately, I guess, we believe it's a demon of some description. This 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 monster type thing, and it clearly possesses people uh, and, and 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 takes them over. So, w- with that in mind, you would then think, well, if there's an evil like that, then there will be a, a god figure there, and in some respect, you would assume. But but interesting that yeah religion is never mentioned as a way of 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 dealing with it in any in any way, mm. and so ultimately then ends with with a fairly bleak message because we believe then the the curse is passed on to Joe the her uh, ex partner and um, the police officer uh, because he obviously witnesses uh, her dying, and and we assume that things are only going to continue and and this trauma and this pain is going to continue. So it, so it leaves us on quite a, a, a nihilistic viewpoint, I guess, of, of life and, and what is going to happen. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think that was what I was kind of saying when I was like, I think it was a shame that it ultimately led to where most of, if I think of, 
of depictions of mental ill health in in the media often it's the very negative side and i think yeah ultimately led where where most films lead to that to the very negative end and again that often that stigma that's associated to mental when we talk about mental health we said earlier about how it, it, it's something we all have and it can we we can have both maximum and minimum but often when we hear the term mental health we would think about mental illness and mental ill health um so i think yeah it's interesting that the fact that it, it did end on that i suppose yeah let, fed into that narrative possibly um as well yeah and ultimately shown that that recovery isn't possible which obviously is something when we talk about mental health it's that is something that we we promote that recovery is possible that 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 people can can get better people can live and and manage with with all kinds of 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 different mental health on that on that spectrum and i guess it is is missing that from the film that actually it, it looks like recovery is never possible that there's no way out of this and again we would obviously want to say well no there always is a way out it's not always going to be like this that things can get better with the professional help with the support just with the different coping strategies and things like that there are there are, there is a way out it doesn't always have to be like this but the film obviously doesn't bring that and I, and I guess if you were to ever show this film to a group of obviously over 18s because it is an it is an 18 and it's an 18 for a reason that that would be one of I guess the messages from it that yes this shows a very nihilistic view but we obviously want to promote something different. We want to promote recovery, recovery as possible. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point that I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't thought about. But thinking about, yeah, highlighting the fact the recovery, thinking about mental health as a continuum, where we have on one axis that it can be the maximum and minimum mental health at different points that we would move up and down. Um, on the vertical axis between times of maximum and minimum, as we said, but also the the kind of medical di- um, axis as well. So when we may have um, a di- diagnosed um, mental illness, um, and or we may not have that. And yeah, it could have been an interesting one um, for her to, um, and it did kind of tease that about how she'd said at one point that. Um, the the entity had said oh um you can't get rid of me i'm in your mind and she'd said yeah but it's also my mind and i'm in control of you and it Mm. did tease almost as if she was going to be able to manage the the trauma and the entity and that could have been her recognizing that yeah recovery um people can can live with with mental ill health can live with a diagnosis and can thrive and and really live um thrive in their lives when whilst having a, a, a diagnosis, um, but yeah, from from how it finished, it really did show that yeah, that recovery um, recovery was not was not possible. So I guess th- those were all the main things that I that I wanted to cover. Tom, was there anything else from the film that you wanted to to highlight or discuss or bring up? Um, I suppose one of the things that. I always reflect on on afterwards when I said I was a bit um, nervous, apprehensive when I knew it was going to tackle um, mental health. One time, mm. I, on the one side, I thought, yeah, that is, it's going to be interesting 
to see how they do that. I suppose um, there's still that question about, yeah, did it handle it in, a, in an appropriate way? So I've heard some people, some reviews that I've read of the film saying that they, they didn't feel that it did, that it played into the stereotype of the fact that here was a story where a character which discussed mental health, that discussed suicide, but ultimately it was then about a curse that follows people and that people can catch and playing into that as being mm. about mental ill health being something that is that can be cast and that you should stay away from from someone with with mental ill health um, so that you don't catch it yourself and that is really playing into that um, but also I think that it's interesting or is it um, playing into the the fears that that people have um, as well so yeah I think it did what the film does do is it did show both sides of it as we said it was clear that it had that understanding mm. but that the director did have um, mental health specialists alongside who were reading consulting and reading the script right, okay. and the director said themselves that it was their attempt to add to the conversation about mental illness um, and about people experiencing internal crises in ways that might be difficult for outsiders to understand and relate to. So mm. that fact of kind of uh, a fear that people have of not, not being believed and the fact that the people around her, how they responded um, in terms of supporting um, in what would have appeared to them as being mental ill health, they didn't... Um, they hadn't only she could see the see the curse so to mm -hmm. her to others it would um have appeared it was um she appeared to have been her experiencing mental health perhaps psychosis yeah. and it was interesting depictions of uh, if you think about the opening scenes about how um that may have been portraying psychosis as well um the um delusions where she was seeing um, the figure the other people could not could not see it that it was taking on different forms it could be a representation of psychosis and I think sound was used really well as well to the fact that people may have delusions both of, of uh, visual delusions but also mm. of hearing um, of, yeah of hearing things as well but um, when someone is experiencing psychosis for them, it is really real. And again, that yeah. is what the characters said, that they were saying, why, why are you not believing me? This is, this is, this is real. Um, and how, um, I think in that opening scene, it did show about how Rose was supporting uh, Laura, the patient, about reassuring her that, um, how she was responding and, and reassuring her. Well, in when she was, at the time she believed she didn't know that it was um know that this was was the curse mm. yeah no no that's really good and that was interesting you say hearing obviously they had mental health specialists involved and and it and it was keen yeah and as you say i don't think it's this depiction isn't perfect and i think it does get it does get muddied i think particularly when it's about when we get to that final act and it's Rose about confronting her own trauma with her with her mum, but then also the trauma of a real curse. And I think it does. But but ultimately, I think it's why I 
I love horror films to to a point is that they are one of the few genres that that do actually cover these kinds of issues and can do them in a, a as a parable kind of modern day modern day parables and, and have something to see whereas a, a typical genre movie like a, an action film a romantic comedy or whatever would struggle to 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 show these kinds of issues and to talk about them whereas I think this film for for the good and ill that it might do I think it it continues the conversation and and I, and I think that can only be a good thing and it's then for others to to engage in it and talk about it and and show what's good about it, show what's not, and 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 show the signs and, and all those kinds of things behind it. But 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 I think it's a helpful addition, I think, to the conversation because ultimately, it, it creates a discussion for the two of us to talk about, and and hopefully that this is helpful, and and hopefully will encourage others to to look into it a, a bit more as well. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's how I felt afterwards. That it is something that is is will facilitate conversation and is adding to that conversation. I don't think it's perfect in its depiction, but actually um, maybe some of that could be intentional. And someone we said about the language, it's clear they understood that they were using stigmatised language because they had other characters that, that were using um, less stigmatised language. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, anything that adds to that conversation is breaking down that taboo in terms of talking about it. Because the other option, some people are saying, yeah, it's um, we shouldn't be having films that are depicting this um, at the moment. But actually that in itself could then add to the taboo. If it becomes a taboo mm -hmm. subject, it then means again that we are not talking about mental ill health, that we're not talking about suicide. Um, and that actually that contributes and perpetuates the stigma around it as well um yeah. so yeah i think as long as then it, we have the conversation around it and that we recognize and have the discussion um how did it present it were, was it um were there any um was it appropriate in the way and, and talk about that and i think it could lead into conversations about yeah um about mental health but also exploring what are the depictions in other ones so there's lots of other films um both in horror and in in other genres as well i think it's becoming a, that tv shows and films are mm. exploring mental ill health um much more in, in and that representation is starting to get better as well yeah um historically if you look back particularly in horror films mental illness was often linked to violence and it still was was in this film um, so again, that it had those um, negative connotations, but starting to um, to explore and have more rounded characters who are um, living with mental ill health. Because yeah, otherwise the other option is to completely ignore it, and then there wouldn't yeah. be that representation um, as well. Yeah, no, no, that's that's very true, uh, and and I think a good point probably to 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 wrap things up on Tom. So. Want to thank you again for for your insights, for in, for engaging and and for this uh, conversation, and I hope for for those listening that it's been been really helpful. So so thanks again. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the invitation to be back on the podcast. Thank you.